everybody. Brian Piper, he is the director of uh, ticket operations at the United Shore Professional Baseball League um, located in Utica, Michigan. They are a four-team league uh, that is um, a minor league team in uh, the suburbs of Michigan, of Detroit, Michigan, should I say. And he is the director of ticket operations. So from there, Brian, uh, can you give us a little more about yourself and kind of how you got started and everything from like that? Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me on. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I went to Central Michigan University, uh, graduated with a commercial recreation degree. Um, and after that, I always kind of knew I wanted to work in a place where people have fun and, uh, you know, athletics and sports. That's kind of like the thing I've always dreamed of doing. So after college, I interned uh, with the Lions at Ford Field uh, with safe management kind of running events, uh, managing staff, that kind of thing. And then after college, um, the USPBL started. So it was kind of right in my backyard. I grew up in Shelby Township, so not far. Um, and our first season was in 2016. Uh, but yeah, you kind of nailed it. We're a four team league. Uh, we started off with three teams our first year, then we got to four. And uh, we're an independent baseball league, but we kind of, uh, we we kind of say that we're a developmental league, meaning that we take players who uh, either were played college baseball and didn't quite make it to the majors or didn't get signed by a minor league team, or maybe they played in the minors and got injured. Um, so we take guys like that and we try to get them signed with an affiliate. And right now we have about 38 players signed. And uh, we actually had our first player sign a major league contract and Randy Dobnik and um, he's a pitcher for the Twins. And he recently, this year, uh, he played well in spring training and actually got a pretty nice contract. So we're pretty happy about that. Uh, so that's pretty good for us. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where we're at now. Awesome, awesome. So uh, by the way, my name is uh, Andrew Herrick. I'm the Athletic Operations Coordinator at Lawrence Tech. And I'm joined also by Colin Hargis at North Carolina State. Colin, you want to introduce yourself? Absolutely. Uh, excited to be here, Brian. Thanks for joining us today. And uh, I'm our senior associate for, for marketing and ticket services. So uh, looking forward to, to this conversation and chatting with Brian today and bringing a little bit different perspective to, to our world of ticketing and then really kind of how we tackle things over the last year or so. And uh, specifically with, you know, with Brian and um, the USPBL, you know, enter, entering their second season of, you know, working through COVID and, and producing a season. Brian, you mentioned it, and I think Andrew introduced it a little bit of interest, you know, uh, in his introduction, but I, I thought it was interesting. So you're a four-team league in the USPBL, but am I correct in understanding all four teams are in the same home base and, and work through the same facility, more or less? Yeah. Um, so right now, uh, we just have the one stadium, Jimmy John's Field in Utica, um, but our, you know, our plan is to have more stadiums and have more teams, kind of have them travel uh, within Michigan and through the Midwest. So, you know, right now just one, but hopefully more in the future. Yeah, that, that's interesting. It's, it's a pretty unique setup, at least from my per perspective, I guess, and in, in, in knowledge. But I'm curious, so pre-COVID and then, you know, the world that we're living in now, but, you know, to a degree, I guess, maybe how you guys are entering this season, we'll, we'll get into that, but from a, you know, from like a season ticket perspective and, you know, a fan engagement perspective, do you guys sell uh, packages universally, you know, for the entire season as it relates to all the games or do you still break it down on a team by team basis? 
Yeah, so um, both actually. So we play 75 games in our schedule. Um, and each team, if you break it down, I think plays about, uh, it's like 33 public games. They do play some non-public games, um, you know, just to increase stats and things like that. But uh, we sell, you know, full season, just get all 75. And then we do sell plans where people, uh, you know, they might be a Hoppers fan and just want to come to all the Hoppers games. So that comes to about 40, so close to half the season. Um, but we also sell mini game plans too. people that are just coming to that want to go to like Sunday games or just do Fridays. So uh, all kinds of plans, really. Awesome. Awesome. It's a, yeah, it's a unique situation and a good situation. Uh, multiple, multiple teams and not, I guess, all, you know, unlike the college space where, you know, it's we're one entity, but multiple sports and teams going on. But yeah, definitely a unique setup um, and, yeah, from a baseball perspective. Yeah, we're definitely a little different. Um, you know, some people, you know, do look to root for one team, but a lot of our fans are really just coming for the family fun entertainment. You know, we do all the promotions like fireworks and kids days. Um, you know, they're just really looking for a good night out. So that's kind of what we're about. That's awesome. So, Brian, you were the uh, you were one of the only leagues in uh, Michigan, essentially, that was allowing fans uh, last season. Um, can you kind of talk about that and kind of what you guys did um, last summer and what what unique uh, things you guys had to work through um, to kind of make that happen? Yeah. Um, so since we're in Michigan, uh, you know, we're one of the higher COVID states. So uh, it was a really rough year for us. Um, you know, we were COVID hit in about March and we were planning to do individual tickets and our season was going to start in May. And uh, that all got pushed back and we really weren't sure when we were going to get started. And we decided to start on July 3rd. And um, that was, uh, we were only able to have 100 fans. So it was very difficult. Um, we basically only had season ticket members and some of our like premium seats. Uh, those fans come. Um, so with 100 fans, you know, it felt like a ghost town. It was, uh, it was very empty. And, uh, you know, it was, it was very different for sure. And one thing we did uh, about two weeks into that season is we actually upgraded our broadcast. So normally we just broadcast our games on YouTube and it's just one camera. Um, but we added, I think, four camera angles and, you know, it was, a, it was a full broadcast and we added ads. So a lot of our sponsors were, you know, they had their name behind home plate and uh, we made it like, a, you know, it was like a game that was on ESPN or Fox Sports. So it was very cool. Um, so a lot of people tuned into that. And I think fans were just happy to be able to watch baseball. And, you know, the ones who were lucky enough to attend the game really enjoyed that as well. And uh, it was just a totally different experience. We, we did temperature checks as you walked in. And we spent a lot of time, time sanitizing everything, sanitizing seats, just anything that people might touch. And you had to wear a mask until you got to your seat. It was kind of like a restaurant where you could, you know, when you sat down, you could take off your mask. And uh, all the seats in the grandstand were socially distanced, so that was different. We had to rope off seats, um, but that's uh, yeah, it was, it was definitely a different season. Something uh, I wouldn't want to go through again, but yeah, it was different. Yeah, Brian, something that we've talked about a lot in our industry, probably across the board, is you know what have you learned? What are the lessons learned during COVID that you know you're carrying forward, or that you'd want to? Um, you know, potentially keep around. And, uh, you know, as Andrew mentioned, you guys were able to continue your season last year and, and you went through and you, you adapted on the fly through the, you know, through the spring and the summer. But, you know, walk us through a little bit, maybe over the last 12 months or so, you know, last year you, you had a season under your belt. You understood some of the trials and tribulations of, 
of managing a, a baseball season and a fan base during during COVID. But then you had time to prepare and basically launch round two, um, you know, and, and get ready to go again, which, you know, for many of us in the college space, you know, we're all still in the midst of year one and many individuals are getting ready for year two, which is potentially the fall season. So um, walk us through maybe a little bit of, of what you guys did as a front office and as a league and um, as an organization, just, just planning in the off season and, and thinking about the lessons that you learned and, and what can stick around or what you're just raring to get going again, you know, as you approach the 21 season. Yeah. Um, you know, what, what's kind of funny when our season ended, uh, our, our state restrictions changed where we would have been able to have a thousand fans. So we missed that by like a week, uh, which was a disappointment, but you know, it gave us uh, like hope that this summer was going to be more normal. Um, obviously it's not exactly hundred percent normal, but you know, for a while there, I think in the fall, we were kind of just hoping, you know, telling people, uh, reach out to clients and saying, you know, it should be back to normal next year. Things are looking good. And then, you know, the vaccine was coming out. So that looked hopeful too. Um, but you know, things kind of changed. Uh, one thing we really paid attention to is just what a lot of major league baseball teams were doing because they start before us. So, um, you know, we started planning for doing um, like contact tracing. That was one of our restrictions. So now uh, every time a fan comes in, they have to scan a QR code and, you know, just fill in information just in case there was an outbreak. And one thing that we saw that a lot of teams are doing that we kind of copied is just doing um, pods of seating. So everything is basically in a pod of four. Uh, fans need to buy all four seats in the pod. And uh, so that's a little different. And um, we're also doing that in our lawn area, which is typically just a general admission area, you know, bring a blanket, sit on the lawn type of thing. And we're selling those in pods too. And then the big thing for us this year was switching all of our tickets to mobile. Uh, we've typically, you know, printed tickets and mailed them to companies and a lot of our clients. And this year we're trying to do it all digital, which is, it's gonna be a change for some people. And, you know, especially we have a lot of older fans who don't have smartphones. So um, it's going to be different, but I think it's going to be overall pretty good for us, especially with our limited capacity. It should make it easier to handle all these digital tickets. So kind of going off of that, um, what challenges did you guys kind of face last season with just the limited fans? Um, obviously, revenue is a big piece of that. But, I mean, did you guys have any challenges from, from people that were trying just to show up on, on game day? I mean. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was, uh, you know, you get – players' families or just fans walking by that, you know, wanted to come to a game. But, you know, unfortunately, 100 fans isn't a lot. So having to turn people away, that's not something we're used to doing. You know, it's not something fun, something we want to do, but it's out of our control. And I'm sure we're going to run into some of that this year with our – once we have, like, a full, you know, stadium and all that. But that's definitely one. Um, I would say um, another one, too, is just uh, kind of um, – with handling, we were selling some online tickets and just getting that set up during the season was kind of a lot with a lot of things going on and trying to keep the uh, attendance low. But yeah, it was just a crazy time, just a lot going on. So Brian, now that you guys are on the doorstep, so, you know, we kind of talked a little bit about last year and everything we are. And, and again, for, for a lot of us, you know, in this industry and world, we're all getting ready for the, the next thing. You know, a lot of us are still winding down our current seasons, but we're already planning for next year. And, you guys have, have planned and you're getting ready to execute. And, and again, the 21 seasons, you know, right on the doorstep for y'all. Um, 
you know, we've talked about it in some different conversations, and I'm sure a lot of people across the board have, but just trying to potentially celebrate fans and make coming back to a stadium fun and exciting again, you know, just that, that the experience of being back, you know, and, and being a part. What have you guys uh, thought about? Is there anything you know, different or new or, or, you know, just catchy that you're trying to do? You know, as you mentioned, just getting back to trying to have a, a little bit more of that regular season this upcoming uh, summer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I kind of left that out. One of our struggles too was just um, we didn't, we weren't able to do to do any really of our promotional lights that we did last year. So that's something we're bringing back this year, and we're really excited about. You know, we're going to have you know bands, some games. We're going to do our firework Fridays. We couldn't do those. Uh, we just have a lot of games this year with kids' days. So we have like pirates and princesses and minions and ninja turtles all that kind of thing um so that that's a big one for us is just people that did attend games last year didn't get to have that kind of fun family experience but this year we're really trying to bring it back and uh another thing that we didn't get to do was uh, our reading program which is one of our big ticket programs uh, all the all the schools that participate each kid that completes uh their teacher's reading program assignments they get a free ticket and their parents get discounted additional tickets and that actually came out, uh, we started doing that about a week ago, and it's been going really well. So, uh, you know, it's been it's been nice to see that, too, just to see people are excited to come to games because, you know, even going into the season, I'm sure a lot of sports teams didn't really know what how people were going to react and, you know, if people were going to want to go out or if they were going to stay in. And uh, so far, it's been looking pretty good for us. You know, I think people really want something to do, and uh, we're the perfect spot for it. So it's exciting. All right, so I got to ask this question because I'm sure everyone's going to be wondering this right now too. So the the Ninja Turtle night, and walk me through a little bit of the Ninja Turtle promotion that you guys have done, and you're looking to bring back here. Because I'm curious about this one now. Yeah, a lot of our Sundays are um, Sunday Kid Days, and we basically have a theme. Uh, we work with a company called Fairy Tale, and they just have a ton of different characters. So, you know, some nights they do the princesses or um, the pirates or superhero night. That's always a big one. Um, so the one night's the Ninja Turtles, they come dressed up. They actually have really sweet costumes. It's probably one of our fan favorites. Um, yeah. And they uh, they just walk around the ballpark, take photos. I'm sure uh, this year it's going to be socially distanced photos, but uh, it'll still be a fun time. But yeah, that's that's always a good one. Do you participate yourself in that? Do you, do you rock your Ninja Turtle um apparel potentially as the to embrace the game day theme on that no i don't but i, I do see a lot of people rocking their 90s ninja turtles t-shirt i might need to get in on that this year that's for sure <laughs> all right all right let's hey i i have one myself yeah we had family halloween yeah. a few years back through the ninja turtle so i do have a ninja turtle t-shirt i will uh, i'll admit to that i know andrew probably has a, a <laughs> dozen, so. Colin, is a uh, Ninja Turtle night coming to uh, a, a venue soon at NC State? <laughs> it, it might be. It might be. Listen, we, we've done Disney princesses and, and some other things along those lines, but uh, you know, I don't know if we've had a Ninja Turtle theme tonight. So this that might be a good takeaway for me here. I might uh, I might steal that one. There you go. There that's, you the, go. that's the best promotion. The ones you steal. <laughs> <laughs> to kind of go along with the promotions, you guys see a, a difference in sales. Um, based off of your different promotions that you guys do, whether it's firework night or, you know, princess night or whatever, do you guys see a difference in that? Yeah. Um, you know, this year is going to be different, obviously, but in the past, uh, there's certain, um, promotions that we do every year just because they're a big hit aside from like the kid ones, Jimmy Buffett night's always huge for us. Uh, I think this year we actually have a couple of those nights. 
you get a lot of Jimmy Buffett fans. Those are fun games. Everybody's wearing their Hawaiian shirt, you know, and selling margaritas and everything. Um, so that's a good one. Uh, we're doing Bark in the Park this year. We did it in 2019. Couldn't do it last year. That's always a pretty good one too. And that's a pretty common theme just around Major League Baseball. Everyone's everyone wants to bring their dog to the ballpark. So that's going to be a fun one. And this year we actually have a new. Um, we're doing a specialty jersey uh, with our bat dog uh, JJ. He yeah. uh, every game he works, he gets the uh, gets the bats in between innings. And so uh, our new jersey this year is pretty cool. It's got JJ on it, and uh, I think that's going to be a popular auction item after the players wear them for the game. Stick it on this. I, I'm curious too, Brian. As we're talking about this and different themes, and a lot of times that does, you know, even translate into you know the group sales angle and potentially, you know, youth leagues and sports teams and you know Cub Scout, Girl Scout troops, things of that nature. I'm curious how you guys have tackled that a bit. And, you know, I've talked about that a little bit with our, you know, with our sales team here and our marketing folks, just about you know attacking group sales again and what does that look like in this day and age of how do you approach you know, group sales with potentially, you know, we all hope for, you know, normal seating capacity stuff, but with physical distancing and limited capacities, um, what have you guys seen potentially as you've started to plan for group sales again, in, um, you know, in, in the second round of, you know, tackling the season? Yeah, it's uh, it's been a different year for groups, that's for sure. You know, our, our big thing so far has been birthday parties. Uh, a lot of people, I mean, no one really got to celebrate their birthday last year, really. So uh, we got, we're getting a lot of those. Um, as far as company outings, it's kind of a mix. We're getting some companies who are like, yeah, we're doing something this year. And then, you know, there are some who, you know, some companies are still working at home and, you know, might not want to get everyone together. And that's understandable too. Uh, but it's been, it's been positive so far, I would say. Uh, we're still doing some of our scout nights too, which is good to see. And uh, the tough thing is just really, you know, our group areas just can't really be as big as they used to be with everything socially distanced. So we're going to we kind of have to limit those. Um, but really our group, our group experience too, is just, uh, it's gonna, it's nice because it's safe too. I mean, we're selling them in tables of four. So, you know, everyone will have their own table and you're not going to be really mixed with another group and we're still doing our buffets, but we, this year, instead of, you know, being able to grab everything yourself, we have a server who's dishing out all the food. So, um, you know, just minor changes here and there. It's just, yeah, it's just a little different year for groups. On your season ticket renewal side, have you seen a uh, increase across the board in, in folks that might not have uh, renewed tickets in years prior, but now have come back because they're looking for something to do? Or Yeah, that was one of our um, sales tactics is I was following up with a lot of um, accounts that I had that had not re renewed in years past. And uh, you did see an increase in that people who you know, we're just like, yeah, I just want to go to a baseball game. Like, I want to, I want to do something this summer. I'm coming for sure. Um, didn't really see a lot of, you know, people who didn't want to, didn't want to renew or anything, especially the fans that came last year. Um, as weird as it is, I had a lot of them tell me that they kind of enjoyed the hundred fans. They thought it was kind of cool. It was like their own little experience. So that was always a good talking point. And, you know, we were, I even saw some people upgrade from last year, which was great to see because really I, I was trying to get them in to use all their games last year to not have to, you know, transfer anything to the next season. And a lot of them were like, let's do more games. You know, we had such a good time. And it, it, the one thing I think really helped too was I didn't have a full staff last year with only a hundred fans. So I had a lot more interaction with my clients and they really enjoyed that. They liked that guest services approach. Uh, they like seeing me at all the games and coming and talking to them and, you know, more emails than normal. 
in a regular season. So I think that really helped. Our, our guest services just went up a notch, I think, this past season. Brian, as things start to, to balance back a little bit, and we've talked about it, um, you know, to a degree here and there, and you mentioned it from the social distancing and, you know, reducing some of your group area capacity stuff. But I, I'm curious, you know, have you guys had to balance out, you know, that the health and safety component and, and really even the communication, the education of the fans of, you know, everyone's excited and ready to go again. We're all feeling a little bit more confident, you know, depending on potentially where you are, um, in the country or, you know, even states, but, um, you know, have you guys had to increase the education process of, you know, we want you here, but here's the, here's what we need to do to still be safe, you know, and, and just build on, you know, kind of that, that, that new process in the world around us of, we want you here, but here's what you have to do that, that health and safety with the fan experience and the fun and the enjoyment. You know, I kind of mentioned the QR code, which I feel like most people have used a QR code somewhere, whether it's going to a restaurant or, you know, going to like a high school sporting event. Um, so we're definitely going to be doing a lot more emails to fans before they attend games, just sending them the QR code and just kind of going over what our policies are and, you know, wearing the mask and everything like that. So there's definitely a lot more education on that side of things. But overall, I think, um, you know, I think we're communicating it well so far. We get people that call and no one's really fighting it. They kind of understand our situation and that's been nice too. Um, so I think, I think it's going to be good though. I don't think we're going to have really too many issues with it. Brian, what's kind of been your biggest challenge so far? Um, you know, as you guys are getting closer to your season kicking off and everything, you know, and, and trying to make sure that everything is all your T's are crossed, your I's are dotted, the whole nine yards. What, what's been your biggest challenge so far? Yeah. My biggest thing has been social distancing. Um, I don't think anyone hates social distancing more than I do. <laughs> Just the different grandstand seating layouts. Uh, one thing that's also kind of new this year is we, we kind of became just like a venue for a bunch of different events. Uh, we're doing graduations this year, which we've never done in the past. I think we have about 10 high school graduations and you know each, each student size is different. So there's a lot of different different pods in the grandstand, you know, some graduations are going to be pods of two and some are pods of four. So it's a lot of work just trying to figure out how many, how many fans we can have for that and figuring out, um, or, and just, you know, roping off the grandstand. Uh, we did it last Friday, uh, for our first graduation and, uh, yeah, it, it took about three, four hours just roping everything. So it's, uh, that's definitely been my biggest pain so far. <laughs> What would be the one, you know, lesson learned, you know, that you might want to leave people with, of, you know, as you're facing that, the second go round of anything, you know, is there anything that you've, you know, learned and remembered from the year before, or, you know, just in general of, you know what, this is, don't, either don't let this trip you up or look forward to X, Y, Z. Is there anything specific that you'd, you'd almost leave people with? You know, I think, um, and I've talked to some other teams about it too, is just like, you know, sometimes all this, you know, social distancing and COVID protocols and all that can seem pretty stressful. And, you know, you kind of think sometimes when I'm going to have to talk to an account or just a fan in general, like explaining everything to them that, you know, they're not going to agree to it or they're going to say no. I think this year, every team is kind of getting a little pass towards all that. I mean, there are times when I have season ticket holders where I tell them like, hey, you can't sit in your normal seats, socially distanced, you know, and, no one's really fought me on it. Everyone's kind of been like, oh, no, totally get it. Not a big deal as long as I'm coming. So I think, you know, don't stress yourself out about all these little things. Uh, people are going to be uh, understanding this year, kind of get a break this year and, you know, just 
when things are back to normal, we'll make it all up to them and they'll be even better. So I guess that's my, my bit of advice. Well, uh, Colin, you got any more questions? No, I think today, I think this has been good. I think this has been a good conversation. And again, I think, it, you know, Brian, I appreciate your time and joining Andrew and I and the membership base here at NASA, uh, bringing a fresh perspective uh, to the world of ticketing and, and from your experience. And again, from a, you know, from a front office in the league and organization that, you know, went through it last year and you're, you know, you're ready to go again this year. It's, it's been a, it's been a really good conversation. Appreciate your time joining us today. Yeah, thanks so much, guys. It's great talking to you. And, you know, hopefully we're not talking about this year from now. Yeah, hopefully. Thanks, guys.